Seriously, Karamatsu, when are you going to stop crying? He didn't know. Like, why are you even crying in the first place? He didn't know. Cut it out already. It might be kind of cute if you were still the first year in high school, but if you're in your 20s, it's just embarrassing. He did know that. Once Karamatsu had gotten somewhat of a hold on himself, he'd returned to his spot on the Oden stand's bench, but he had been unable to completely stem the flow of tears, even as Osamatsu criticised him for it. What was frustrating was that he couldn't even excuse himself as being uncharacteristically morose. He wasn't morose at all. He was just so... emotional. Crybaby Karamatsu had worked hard over the years to learn to hide his tears, showing them only when there was no one around to see. The whole situation was distressing three times over, once because it was happening in front of his brothers, twice because he couldn't make it stop, and thrice because he just couldn't figure out why. He knew why, deep down in that stylish and sensitive heart of his, but he didn't really want to face the fact that... Todomatsu let out a long groan and dropped his cheek into his palm. I just can't get over how utterly unfair this is, he complained, scowling. Why should he Matsunisan, of all people? If it had been me, he extended one finger. I'd have gotten her name the first time we met, he extended the second finger. Her number, or at least her line username, the second time we met. He closed his hand into a fist and shook it. And then after talking long into the night about her interests, she would have agreed to go on a date with me. And then, and then... Well, I can't listen to this. Ichimatsu interrupted. He really thinks he's better than the rest of us. Because I am, Todomatsu said, smacking his fist against the counter. He then pointed incriminatingly at Karamatsu, who was, naturally, still crying. If she's got a big enough heart to humour the worst of us, she'd be head over heels for the best of us. But no, it just had to be him, even though he completely messed it up. Twice! Karamatsu Nisan did just fine, Jushimatsu amended. He wore a soft expression that seemed spread into his usual wide grin. He did a good job. Karamatsu had nearly succeeded in drying his tears. But the fifth son's recognition undid all of his hard work. With a hiccup, his eyes filled up all over again, and he buried his face into his arms to muffle his unabating sobs. If he were recounting the day as a story to someone else, he wouldn't be able to think of any way to describe it other than as the best day of his life. Really, Karamatsu, the fact that you're sincere about that is probably far more worth crying over than Jushimatsu being nice. Yeah, widgets do know it's your fault he's like this, don't you? Shibita said, his hands on his hips and his demeanour utterly unamused. If you'll just listen to him every now and then, he wouldn't be flipping his damn lid over a stranger smiling at him. Chibita, no! Didn't we already establish that we weren't going to face that fact? The brothers awkwardly avoided eye contact. You see, nobody wants to face that. Chiramatsu took it upon himself to change the subject. Really, though, it kind of pisses me off that out of the six of us, the only ones with any real romantic experience in their adult lives are Jushimatsu and now Karamatsu. Right? It just ain't fair, is it? Osimatsu chimed in. Especially how much you practice, Fapimatsu. Charamatsu went red, though whether it was from embarrassment or anger was impossible to... Actually, going off of the fact that his next course of action was to roundhouse Osimatsu off the bench, it's probably safe to say it was anger. This kick-started their usual commotion. 
and an air of normalcy fell over the Odin stand, blanketing them all in warm familiarity. Otomatsu made remark after inconsiderate remark. Choromatsu rebuffed them all. Todomatsu lamented over how he couldn't be part of a more normal family. Jushimatsu laughed and skittered about excitedly, and Ichimatsu quietly soaked up the atmosphere. There was, of course, one key piece failing to make his usual contributions, but he was currently stoggy with emotions, so he got a free pass this time. Karamatsu gradually managed to extricate himself from his puddle and propped himself up on his elbows. He was an absolute mess. His face was wet and blotchy, his hair was dishevelled, his hoodie wasn't quite sitting right on his torso, and his eyes were swollen and red. But he was smiling, and his heart was just overflowing. He loved his brothers, even if they weren't the kindest when it came to showing their love in return. He loved the world, possibly more in this moment than ever before. He loved Matsuri. He loved Matsuri! Was it wrong of him to think so? Was he getting ahead of himself? Who cares? He had just had the best dream, better even than anything he could have imagined, and he was entitled to bask in it for a while. His brothers would demonstrate the disagreement later that night, went basking in it, went rolling back and forth on the futon while kicking his feet like some kind of lovesick schoolgirl. Ichimatsu and Todomatsu banished him to the couch. The overall atmosphere of the Matsuno household over the following several days could best be described in a series of vignettes. 1. Karamatsu became twice as painful as usual. His brothers were left with little choice but to react to him in their efforts to get him to tone it down. Unfortunately, he had also become four times as resilient. Even Ichimatsu grabbing him by the collar of his shirt and giving him the iciest glare point-blank wasn't enough to deter Karamatsu. Ichimatsu discovered shortly thereafter that physical violence didn't have much of an effect either. 2. Karamatsu began playing his guitar more often than usual. This in itself wasn't a terrible thing. As much as they hated to admit it, the rest of the sextuplets couldn't deny that he played decently well, even if his singing voice left a bit to be desired. The problem was that Jushimatsu usually wanted to join in, and the more Jushimatsu joined in, the more excited he got about the sessions. And the more excited Jushimatsu got, the louder he became, and the worse he was at carrying a tune. The problem was that the household was starting to receive noise complaints, and that was to say nothing of the complaints from within the household itself. 3. Every time the house phone rang, Karamatsu would practically fall over himself in his haste to reach it. Eventually, Todomatsu got the idea to derive some entertainment from the second son's new fixation. He would wait until Karamatsu was on the opposite side of the house, and then used his smartphone to call the house phone, hanging up the instant before Karamatsu answered. As the other brothers caught on to what was going on, Otomatsu suggested taking bets on how quickly Karamatsu could get there. Ultimately, Karamatsu's frustration led him to the revelation that the best shortcut to the entryway from upstairs was through the window, and Choromatsu made Todomatsu put an end to the game. After five days, Karamatsu still hadn't come down from his high, and his brothers decided that something had to be done. Only five days, Matsuno brothers? Did Karamatsu inherit the lion's share of your patience in the womb? He's just so irritatingly happy, Shuramatsu said, trying to voice his sentiments in a way that didn't make him sound like an asshole. He failed. It'd be one thing if he was camped out on a phone all day every day, Todomatsu said, like if you were actually expecting something to happen. 
At least then we could tell him he was delusional and maybe he'd give it up. Choromatsu nodded vigorously. Exactly, but he's just happy for no reason. He's happy because something good happened, Jushimatsu supplied, to which Ichimatsu shook his head slowly. Jushimatsu, your goodwill is boundless, but he's happy because he's a prophetic virgin who's never spoken to a girl besides Mamo Totoko-chan in his life. He rested his chin on his knees and added under his breath, not that any of us have room to talk. The issue isn't that he's happy, or even why he's happy, Osamatsu corrected. It's that he's rocking the boat, making waves, disturbing our delicate balance. If we don't find a way to rein him in, things may never go back to normal around here. He threw his arms up, held them there for dramatic emphasis, and then dropped them back into his lap. So, who's got suggestions? This all started because of that girl, Matsuri-san. Choromatsu said. I don't know if we can resolve this without doing something about her. Ichimatsu angled his eyes to his side. Could hire a hitman. Ichimatsu, you fret society, Osimatsu exclaimed, aghast. There's no way we have enough money between this to afford that. Tonomatsu, you look like you've got something in mind, Choromatsu noticed. The sixth son frowned with an expression that looked even more displeased than it usually did when he was around his brothers. He might shut up if we could get her to dump him. They'd have to actually go on a date for that, Ichimatsu reminded. Yeah, Todomatsu sighed. That's the trouble with that idea. Plus, with her taste and our luck, there's a chance that she might actually be interested if they got a chance to hang out for real. Repugnance dripped from his words so thickly that you could bathe in it. Osimatsu smacked his fist into his palm. Big bro's got the solution, kids, he announced, grinning. All right, get this. One of you pretends to be Karamatsu and goes down to the 100 yen store to pick up something. While you're there, you accidentally bump into Matsuri-chan. You chat her a bit, get her comfortable, then invite her out somewhere. Then we tell Karamatsu that she called when he was out and invited him wherever. When the day comes, we make absolutely sure that everything goes completely wrong. Household enemy number one leaves Karamatsu in the dust. We deal with a little heartbreak for a while. Then everything goes back to normal. Problem solved. The main thing I don't like about that, Charamatsi said, is how you kept saying you in the first part, as if you're automatically ineligible for the role. He narrowed his eyes. You fully intend to force us to do all of the work, don't you? Oh hey, I came up with the idea. That's practically all the heavy lifting, Osimatsu justified, with a brush of his finger against the bottom of his nose. Naturally, it falls to the rest of you to do the grunt work. Pretending to be Karamatsu Nisan is hardly grunt work, Todomatsu objected. Ugh, I can taste the glitter just thinking about it. Otomatsu shrugged deeply. If you want my opinion, the best nominee is Ichimatsu. He's got experience with it. Silence. Then... You knew. A sudden curtain of murderous intent billowed out through the room. Ichimatsu's predatory gaze was trained on the eldest son. Oshimatsu froze, his hand still partly raised from his exaggerated shrug. I... He forgot he was the only one who knew about that. And now he was dead. Like so dead. He stood abruptly. I am late for an appointment. Choromatsu raised an eyebrow. You're the neatiest neat that ever neated. What could you possibly have an appointment for? Osimatsu's response was accompanied by a gravely serious expression. 
I have an appointment with the rest of my life.